One of the great things about preparing and trying to trust that God is giving you the right message is knowing that everything falls into place. Um, this morning, I read something in the hymnal, uh, Tom's message uh, earlier, just little short snippets. Um, but this morning, uh, my sermon is on the body of Christ, uh, unity and diversity of the body. So it's just, uh, it's exciting to know that, um, I think that as leaders in the church, we are trying to listen to what God's plan is and it all kind of comes together. So, well, when this pandemic began back in 2019, um, I had plenty to keep me busy. I had recently started to reconnect with some uh, old high school friends, John being one of them, uh, and his family, and uh, also Keith Carter, a good friend of mine. And I made the effort to do it. The other evening, my daughter was speaking. She goes, oh my gosh, Dad, you know, I was typing back and forth to John on texting. And she goes, you got more of a social life than I do. I said, well, that's because I've decided to make that choice. I don't any, I really struggle not to say I didn't have the time because I didn't make the time. So as we were preparing during this pandemic time, uh, Pastor Scott was retiring. And as a leader of the church, um, I knew that we'd be looking for a new senior pastor. So I really f got a strong sense of responsibility to try and be involved in that process. Uh, my wife and I were both very active during that time. She was in the school system trying to figure out the COVID protocol and I here at the church. Um, so we're busy, busy, busy for about a year and a half. But these positions have been filled. Um, we are looking now to reach into our community and try and find ways to grow. Uh, the Bible studies that I've been working on most recently give me a feeling personally about what's missing. Something still is missing. Um, I'm not real busy with all these activities. I'm choosing not to be uh, delving into so many of those things because they are kind of set up. But when I was a kid, I used to enjoy playing with certain games. Uh, we'd go down to my Uncle Carl and Aunt Louise's campground, and they had this game, my brother will remember, it was cooties. Uh, these little ants, and they had little legs all over them, and you know, the game was, I have no idea, because all we wanted to do was build cooties. You know, you put a, a leg here, and an antenna here, a couple of eyes. Um, not unlike Mr. Potato Head. You know, how many of you played Mr. Potato Head when you were younger? Did you ever try and put a foot where an arm goes? Or a leg where an eye goes? I mean, yeah, we tried. It'd be goofy. I mean, it was like God creating creatures. It's pretty cool. Um, my brother and I played Army Men. We played uh, Stretch Armstrong. That was great. I loved doing that. You know, we'd just see if we could make it across the room with the arms. But all of these things, what do they have in common? They're games, they're body parts, they're team support, it's a team approach. So if I were to ask you today, what is the most important body part that you have? You know, what would it be? If I asked you to give up that part so that you might live another year, would you do it? 
We're going to look at uh, Corinthians today. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. It's Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He speaks about one body with many parts. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the head, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with the special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part should rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Let's stop there for now. When we renamed this church a couple of years ago, we did so because we felt a need to be a little bit more open to the people outside this building so that they would understand what we were trying to achieve for Christ. And we chose Rockland because that's the area we are. We are. Most like uh, when Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, they named their churches in cert certain regions. And we chose to use the word community because we wanted to reach out into the community. And more recently, when I was thinking about this sermon, you know, we call it Rockland Community Church. And sometimes we can kind of get hung up on that word church. You know, where are you going today? Oh, I'm going to church. So instantly people think, oh, you must be going to a building or a place. Um, that is true. But church should not just be a time on Sunday or on a Wednesday evening. Church should not just be a place, 212 Rockland Community Road. It says in verse 13, 
For we were baptized by one spirit into the body, whether Jews, Greeks, slave, or free. We were transformed. We were joined. The church is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is wherever we are as Christians, wherever we are in a daily basis. I recently had a chance to teach the work as worship class. And we all learned all these different ways that you can celebrate and uh, be encouraged by the fact that, yes, I work for a man and, or a lady, uh, and that person pays me. But God has made those possibilities for us. And we need to remember that that is the case. If we lose a job, it's not like we've lost our Christianity. We haven't lost our church. We haven't lost the body of believers. And we need to lean on that daily. Um, so when I started thinking about this, it just happened to kind of be when I was listening to the radio. And once again, God just kind of throws out ideas to you. Um, many of us listen to K-Love. I hope most of you do. If you haven't, please try and look it up. Uh, it's just wonderful radio. Um, sometimes I get to a point where I need to have a break from just the Christian songs all day long. But much like many of the listeners that are on there, there's always something that speaks to them. And that day I happened to be thinking about the word church. And the song came on by Phil Wickham. It's House of the Lord. And the words are, there is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We will shout out your praise. And I kept thinking about, okay, well, yes, this is the church, but we're also the house of the Lord. We need to be excited. You know, one of the great things about our freedoms in this country is that we get to choose. I get to choose whether I want to sit in the church and be quiet. I get to choose whether I want to sit at work and be quiet. I also get to choose what conversations I want to get involved in because it's really bugging me and I really want to step up and have a conversation with somebody about it. Sometimes it's scary. Um, it's not easy to put your faith out there, but sometimes it's required. But let it be known that we are a body together. So, you know, we can talk to each other about how to approach those situations. And one of the things that I began to think about when we talk about a body of Christ is if God wanted us to be separated he would have designed us differently than he had designed mankind. When he was in the garden, he formed a body. He put the arms together, the legs together, all the internal components of our bodies together. It was just a Mr. Potato Head laying there on the ground until he breathed life into it. In the life that we have in us today is Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's what makes us different, is that we are all here as individuals and Christians. That's the most important part of this, is it, we have chosen to look at Jesus Christ as the head, our, our leader. How often do we go out and do our own thing? We try to, as John was saying earlier, um, there's plenty of things that we can enjoy in the world. And 
but there's also plenty of things that we need to be doing differently. Um, one of the things that I struggled with, as I was saying earlier, I had so much to do, and I began to think over the last couple of months, man, there's something missing. It's that cohesiveness to me of being in a church family. Uh, one of the things I really want to try to think about, um, and everybody please pray about this because the board is going to be meeting in the, in the next week or so. Um, when are we going to be comfortable enough to say, okay, we're going to hold a gathering downstairs. If you'd be interested in coming after church, we'd like to go downstairs and have tea together, have coffee, have a meal. Um, we go out into restaurants. Um, God doesn't expect us to go our separate ways every single Sunday and not talk to each other just via Zoom or Facebook. There's a reason that we're together. There's a reason that we're put here the way that he did, he joined us. And in thinking of this, who's the one pulling us apart? Satan. He loves to find ways to get in there and just separate us. When we're not following the head, that's one of the ways that he can get in there. Um, it's easy to come together when we're meeting as a board, when we're meeting as um, uh, deacons and deaconesses, to be in that room and think, oh, this is what I've been thinking about this week. This is what I think we should be doing. Tom's job, because God has gifted him in this, is to pull it back and say, did God tell us that? Or is that just your feeling? It's not that it's wrong, but let's really pray about this and make sure that that's the direction. Because if the arm is just pulling you all day long and you're not listening to the head and you're supposed to be going a different way, then the arm is leading, not the head. And what we want is Jesus Christ leading this church, not any one individual or any one group. Don't let Satan get in there. Choose the word. Follow the word. Adapt to different ways. One of the other things that I've been trying to do recently is um, read things differently. And before I go into some of the, the technical stuff I've been thinking about here in this, I've been reading a different Bible version on occasion. It's called The Message. I'm not promoting this here to say this is anything that you, know, you should go all out and do because I'm telling you. This is a book that was written, uh, it's a Bible, excuse me, that was written based on interpretation of the Greek. It's a version called The Message. It's not a study Bible. It's a reading Bible. Because as I read through this to you today, it was very technical, it was very abrupt here and there. It tries to follow the King James. I'm not exactly sure that it was fully presented that way by Paul when he spoke, but the concept is there. But I'd like to just read to you out of this book the way that this was written. Because one of the things I love is getting exciting about, excited about God's word. And if you read the same thing the same way over and over again, and you don't read it out of another version occasionally, you will begin to be stagnant in certain areas. You want to be able to have that 
understanding. And this was kind of like just reading a book. Let me just read it out of this version in a moment. <clears throat> so this version reads, you can easily see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no, ma how, no matter how many parts you can name, you are still one body. It is exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all say goodbye to our partial and piecemealed lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is why we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify, identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive, I want you to think about how this makes you more how this makes you more significant, not less. A body is not just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different but similar parts arranged, functioning together. If a foot, foot said, "I am not elegant like the hand embellished with rings," I guess I don't belong here. That would not make it so. If an ear said, "I am not beautiful like the eye, transparent and expressive." I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you remove it? No. If the body was all I, how could it hear? If the ear was all that was there, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But also, I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. No matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand would not be a body, but a monster. What would we have one body with many parts? Each size is proper, each proper in its place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine an eye telling a hand to get lost, I don't need you? Or a hand telling a foot, you're fired, your job's been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic, and therefore more necessary. You cannot, you, excuse me, you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your own body, you are concerned with it. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it desire, deserves. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to a full head of hair? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part independent on every other, excuse me, every part dependent on every other part. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and the healing. If one part flourishes, every part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. 
if you could go out and wear a jersey today, you know, let's say the Super Bowl was coming up, I'm pretty sure Tom would love to be able to wear a Patriots jersey, but they're just not in the fight this year. They were in the fight, they just didn't take it to the end. Um, we're all part of our body. If you could wear a jersey today out of this building and let everybody know that you're a Christian and you're part of that body where Jesus Christ is the head, that you're not a Greek, you're not a slave, you're not a Jew, maybe individually. Um, today we have different cultures, we have different politics, we have different classes of people. It doesn't matter. Those all go away. As we all show up in this church, and I say in this building is not where the church is, in this church, in this body, because it's all over the world. It's people from India, people from China, people from Japan, people from South America, Christians. We're all part of that one body of Christ. We all come together. And we're all complicated. You know, there's different cells, organs, lungs, breathing. All this can be an analogy for everything that's in our lives as a church body as well. And you don't think about certain things, as they said, until things start to go wrong. Every part is important. You know, maybe your knee is not as glamorous as your your eyes, but they all have a purpose. Um, you know, I, I know as my younger daughters would stand in front of the mirror putting on their mascara, you know, they thought their eyelashes were like the best thing in the world. Until your knee goes out and you can't go out anywhere. John would know that because he blew his knee out the other day. <laughs> so, <laughs> told him he's getting too old, he's got to exercise some more. Rena works at a really, really interesting job. Um, as we were doing the workers' worship, she shared with us that she works at a veterans hospital working with prosthetic devices, doing ordering. Why would somebody want a prosthetic device? Well, if you lose something, you want to replace it. You want to be made whole again. You want to feel capable. Shouldn't it be that way with the church body, corporately? If we're missing something in this church, we should be praying about it. We should be praying that God gives us a new body part. You know, maybe we don't have direction. Maybe we don't have um, the emotion or the prayer base that we should have. These are the things that God can give us. He can give us those prosthetics. He'll replace that body part for us. We just have to be praying for it. We need to be looking for it. We need to be reaching into the community to find it. Because if it's not here, it's not going to just show up on its own unless God directs it to be here. Um, I enjoy thinking about things in different ways and I just think that, you know, why would Paul use the analogy of the body? Well, if God had created mankind during this era, um, 
you know, I don't think that we'd be robots or computers. Um, but analogies like using the body are always there for us. And when Paul used the analogy of the body, you know, was he aware that God at the time would have been talking about the protection, put on the armor of God. Where does the armor of God go? On our bodies. You know, so it all ties together. So how can you relate body parts to our church life, to our individual Christian lives? So these are some of the things I think of when I'm sitting at work all day long and I just keep a piece of paper and I jot it down. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that could be. And I... What do you watch on TV? What are you looking at on the internet? Are you reading in the Bible? Are you reading books? Are you reading magazines? Your hands. What do you build? Do you clean? Are you a mechanic? Are you a nurse? Do you have a technical skill? Your foot. Do you travel? Are you an errand runner? Do you do missions? Do you make things happen for the rest of the body? I could stand here all day long. If I didn't have legs, I'm not going to be going anywhere unless I have assistance or a piece of equipment to get me there, unless I learn to like flip up and start walking on my hands. So yes, you can adapt, but to be a full body, I would like to have legs. An ear, to hear, to listen, to offer direction when other parts aren't paying attention to help lead when others are lacking in direction. Are you a mouth? Do you share what other body parts are offering? Do you reprimand? Do you restore? Do you calm people? Do you f cause fear or eliminate fear? It works with the stomach to provide nutrition. The stomach's an interesting part. It feeds us. It warns us when we take in evil. When was the last time you took in something that wanted to come back up? And the stomach also is one of those things that nourishes us. You know, are you being nourished in God's word? And if you aren't, find somebody that's a stomach. Pastor Bill's a stomach. He's full of knowledge. He just wants to share. Find somebody like that. You know, reach out. Of course, then there's the spleen. Nobody really knows what that's for. I'm thinking maybe it's a COVID-19 vaccine, but um, I'm not exactly sure. Kidneys filter out evil that we have in us. Your intestine discharges evil, uh, non-essentials. It gets rid of things. Your heart. That's why I was saying earlier, I think Tom is a true example of a heart in this body. Although... Individually, a heart cannot survive. It pumps blood, oxygen, helps with the lungs. It moves everything together. It's that muscle that just keeps going. Even to the point where sometimes when a heart is removed from a body, it will still continue to try and survive on its own. But with everything else, it's, it's just there by itself. It needs all the other parts of the body along with it in order to flourish. 
So in verse 25 and 26, again, it says, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So what does this mean to you? You know, we should all have equal concern. It's easy to be sad when other people are sad. We get, you know, emails and texts that somebody's struggling. Please pray for this person. Um, are we also celebrating with those people? When, when they are restored, when they have successes. You know, are we sharing those successes with everybody else that God has given us? Karina came back and shared with us this morning that when she went down to, the, uh, to, to de deliver the coats, that they were just so inviting. It's another part of our Christian body. It's not in this physical building, but we're commanded to desire the greater parts of the body, which may be the smaller parts. You know, are we f helping to feed the homeless? Are we helping to build their homes? Are we helping them in any way that we can, other than just sitting here praying and throwing money at another problem? Are we physically out there with our legs and our hands doing what we can? What physically are you doing to not be as my daughters would say, I don't have a social life. That's because she didn't choose one. You know, you need to make the time. Find the time. My wife is a big inspiration, even though she's not a Christian that I'm aware of. Um, she did go to church as a younger kid. Um, but her mom is in a nursing home, and she's recently had yet another stroke, which... Um, they're all minor strokes, but any stroke is, is hard to watch. She visits two, sometimes three times a week. Recently, she had another small stroke, as I said. But one of the things that is amazing is, although my mother-in-law doesn't communicate well with her speech any longer, she's still my mother-in-law that I've known my entire life. It's, it's same to my, my wife. Her hand gestures are the same. We, you know, we told her, hey, your, uh, your other daughter's going to be coming down, the one that doesn't visit that much. And she was like, Pfft. You know, a word wasn't necessary. The hands did it all. Um, when she is excited about something, she giggles. When sounds odd enough, um, She'll put her hand out and she'll be pointing at something. And she, you know, my wife is there enough to know that this is what she wants. She wants some water to drink. And when I was talking earlier, you know, the fact is that my wife, it's her mom. She wants to be there. It's an encouragement to her, it's an encouragement to my mother in law that she wants to be there. It's a physical world, the digital world for lack of a better word, sucks. Um, Facebook is just a screen clip because you don't see me watching the program I shouldn't be watching. You don't see me saying the words I shouldn't have said. You don't see me 
thinking the things I shouldn't be thinking. You see the plate of food that I had that looked so good that I was so happy to build. You saw the dog that was licking my face. You saw all the happy things that are going on in my life. Occasionally somebody will say, I'm struggling, you know, and there's a little bit here and there. But these are all detached things. We need to find all the ligaments and all the muscles that hold all of these body parts together. And that might be having a coffee hour after church. It might be maybe not gathering all as one, but maybe inviting somebody into your home. Say, you know, please come over and, you know, spend some time because I just miss being with people. We need to get back into what God expected of us, and that is not sitting at home by ourselves. We need to be intelligent about our decisions, be cautious about our decisions, but be intent on our decisions that they are following Christ in his plan. Because I'll tell you, if we wait until the world tells us it's okay to be together, Satan will just keep working at it. He'll keep us apart for the rest of our lives. I don't want that. So we need to be praying for the body parts that we are missing in this corporate world and in our own personal world. If you struggle with the things that you watch, if you're not taking enough of God's word in, find somebody that's a stomach, find somebody that's an eye, find somebody that's a hand that can get you excited and get you out there in the world. It's part of why we did the hiking group and Tom's doing the soccer group. And we're just trying to find ways to get out there and do something. If you've got some exciting thing that you like to do, it doesn't have to be every week. But, you know, if you're a carpenter and you enjoy doing carpentry and you want to, like, spend, you know, a weekend building birdhouses with a couple of kids in this church, let us know. Because that's a ministry in itself. It doesn't have to be a long-term thing. It can be a short-term thing. But in sharing on a daily basis, it's been kind of fun because I keep tabs on everything that I do at work. I keep little pieces of paper because otherwise I'll be on the internet all day not doing my work, trying to study for the Bible lesson, and I can't do that because I have a job to do. So I'll write down words. But corporately, our company is currently restructuring. We're hiring a lot of people. I have an incredible opportunity. I've witnessed to this one young gentleman who is now our operations manager for over the last month. I have yet to quote to him scripture. But everything that I have been working on here as a body corporately works in the industry as well. And I'm able to share conversations and topics with him. I will bring it full circle at some point. But what's interesting is all of the stuff that he continues to tell me, oh, you know, I read this here and I read this here and this is how this works and this is how this works. Guess what? It was God's idea. It wasn't anybody else's. He's the one that came up with this. We need to give him credit for it. There was uh, just a couple more things. Um, Charles Spurgeon, if any of you read anything that he's ever written, uh, he was a Baptist preacher in the early, uh, the late 1800s. He wrote something that I read that, you know, it's one of these things where every once in a while we need to be told something that we just need to hear. 
and he wrote, I wish I could put my meaning into words that would burn their way into your hearts. I want every member of this church body to be a worker. We do not want any drones. If there are any of you who want to eat and drink and do nothing, there are plenty of places where you can do that. There are empty pews in abundance. Many churches, go and fill them, for we do not need you. Every Christian who is not a bee is a wasp. The most quarrelsome persons are the ones most useless. And the ones who are most happy and peaceful, and generally, those are the ones that are doing work for Christ. I must tell you, I do feel that this church is peaceful. Generally, that we are all doing things but you also need to look inside your own lives and see where are those things that you can do differently. Where can you be a part of the body that functions better? Um, start out as a finger. I mean, I think these are all things that, you know, we can... It's not like spiritual gifts which God gives us directly. These are things that you can adapt. You know, they're more like talents. And they're just something that's really exciting about all of this. And I'm glad that I had a chance to share this with you today. Um, in closing, I just wanted to read the words of this. If we had all had it, we could have sang it here. But um, I opened this today. I usually come up here in the morning and I, I play my trumpet for about 15 to 20 minutes. And... I just happen to open to come all Christians be committed. And it just fit right in. Let me read the first two verses. Come all Christians be committed to the service of the Lord. Make your lives for him more fitted. Tune your hearts with one accord. Come into his courts with gladness. Each his sacred vows renew. Turn away from sin and sadness. Be transformed with life anew. Of your time and talents give ye. There are gifts from God above to be used by Christians freely to proclaim his wondrous love. Come again to serve the Savior. Tithes and offerings with you bring. In your work with him find favor and with joy his praises sing. So today, as I mentioned when we started, you know, what, try to think about what part of the body that you could be. What could you be doing? And it doesn't have to be in this church body. Please understand that. But it needs to be for Jesus Christ. It needs to be giving to the body of Christ. Just because we don't see you doing something here doesn't mean that you're doing something elsewhere. Just be doing something for the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the gifts and abilities that you have given to each of us. To the body parts that we all are. Help us to look into your eyes. Help us to be guided by Christ Jesus, the head of our body, corporately and individually. We pray, Father, that as this week 
opens up to us that we will be eager to serve you, to find ways to reach out to our community, to be the indispensable parts of the body that aren't seen, to be able to support one another, to make each other feel successful, to grieve with one another, and to be excited and celebrate with one another. I pray, Father, as um, we look forward in this coming, uh, the end of this winter, the spring to come, help us to regain our strength and our courage to stand together physically united with your protection at hand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy your day. Hey there, Pastor Tom here. I hope you enjoyed this sermon that Deacon Chris Grissom offered to Rockland Community Church. Rockland Community Church is located at 212 Rockland Road in North Citrus, Rhode Island, just around the bend from Citrus Public High School. We invite you to join us in person or virtually this Sunday as we continue our series through the Gospel of Matthew. It's our joy to welcome you into our community.